following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. You are now listening to Lucha Outsider Show, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. At Lucha Outsiders, everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Lucha Outsider Show. Congratulations. You played yourself. Welcome to another episode of the Lucha Outsider Show. I am the heel that sealed the deal, the villain that stays chilling, the anti-hero, the IWC, your boy, Mr. Rated Arnum, joined by my tag team partner. He is the analysis of the L-O-C. He's the man that put the honor back in Ring of Honor. He's a straight shooter on Twitter. And when it comes to wrestling, he has a radar from the mean streets of Long Island. Yo, what's going on, Mario? I'm good, man. We were just having a conversation privately about a whole bunch of personal and just life talk. We're not going to bore everyone like we did in the last episode with the life talk. But I'm doing good. What's going on with you, bro? Uh, not much. You know, nothing really changes week to week. Just, uh, just getting by, man. You know, just trying to stay busy and... Uh... Yeah, that's that's pretty much about it. Yeah, I could definitely relate to that. I think we'll have a Leo update by next week. I want to say we'll have a Leo update by next week. Um, but we'll see what happens. Because Cleo's not here right now, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. No, hey, Leo's dealing with some stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's okay. He's okay. Mm-hmm. I don't mean to you know scare any viewers out there. But, uh, yeah, there's just uh, some stuff going on. But, yeah, you will you'll address it at some point. You know, it's funny because uh, we used to do this, and this is when we try to do it like every midweek, right? We would try to do it like every Wednesday. And then Wednesdays turned into some type of like weekend situation, like whether it was like a Saturday or Sunday. And now we're to the point, I think we've been like this for like the last year or two, just because we all live busy lives and shit is like, we'll do a show when we could do a show, whether it's on a Sunday or we'll try to do something during the week. Yeah. It's just kind of been that way. And it's not because I'm falling out of love with wrestling. It's just, you know, you're just busy trying to find like on top of everything else that you're fucking doing, you're still trying to find time for yourself. It's just my, my, you know, I'm sure your life is hectic too, but our lives are just fucking hectic. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, Hey, listen, like we record the shows when we can. I mean, as long as we're still pumping out content and episodes, which Mm -hmm. we are, you know, and if we skip a week, it's, you know, we always catch up the following week on everything that we missed. And, uh, you know, yeah, it's just, I guess, the uh, the getting older part of life. And, uh, you know, things get busier. But, hey, we're here. It's a Sunday. I know we're not live uh, on Facebook or anything, but we still got an episode. So ready to talk some wrestling. I was telling um, in the group chat with uh, shout outs to Iridium, Teddy, Lowe, and Casey. So... After Fastlane last week, right? And I, I kind of been feeling a certain way when it comes to this wrestling bubble. And, and I'm sure you're going to 
know exactly where I'm coming from once I tell you this. So WWE obviously doesn't help that with, uh, you know, I believe they even like tweeted it out. Oh too. yeah, because like, I, I fucking added this. WWE is trying to be like like Disney, right? Like they're trying to be huge, okay? Huge mainstream one. This Steve is Fall guy. is the name guy. That's the same jerk off that fucking asked the Bad Bunny question. Yeah, this is the issue with um, wrestling media outlets. This is the issue with all these guys that think they just like. I don't know. They, they 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 just go into business for themselves, and it's just how dude, is it's this fucking cringe, how is this man. fucking guy a journalist? Like, how is he allowed <laughs> to be in these press scrums? I know. Th Listen, I'm gonna t remove myself from the conversation, right? Because I know I could ask better questions than this fucking idiot, right? But like, what credentials do you need to have to be allowed in these press scrums? Because this guy's a fucking moron. I I'm thinking Mario. Like, seriously, like if we look into getting credentials for these things. I'm sure they allow both of us to walk into these things. I mean, but between him and Nick Hausman with the AEW crum, uh, scrums, I feel like, you know, it, it's it's very easy to get a credential to these things. Dude, it's terrible. Like, I, I, I get why he did it. You know, it's all for clickbait, right? But oh, it's yeah. like the disrespect that you're showing EO and these women by trying to get, like, headlines with a Taylor Swift thing. And it's like... Man, the second he said that, he's like, yeah, I said it. Like, you could hear the air getting sucked out of that fucking room. And i just been feeling a type of way when it comes to this wrestling bubble, too. And the reason why I mentioned, like, the, the whole group chat I'm in, in is because, like, I sent them the screenshot. I was like, listen, I've been feeling froggy lately. Like, I've been feeling a type of way about, like, these wrestling, quote-unquote, journalists and personalities, right? Because it's like they get, they get these fucking opportunities, and they're fucking terrible. They're terrible human beings, right? So I, I added him. I wanted to see if this fucking Steve Fall guy was froggy if he wanted if he wanted some fucking smoke. And listen, I'm here <laughs> to say, right? I'm here to fucking say on this fucking episode, listen, if you do anything fucking stupid, I don't care if you're a male, I don't even care if you're a female. If you do anything stupid on a public forum when it comes to wrestling in general as a whole, especially when it comes to these press scrums or like an interview, right? I'm going to verbally assassinate you on this fucking show, all right? By name. Because yeah. yeah, I, I, I just I just can't I can't deal with these idiots anymore. This Steve Fall guy, apparently he has a fetish for puppets. And not only that, to my sources, right, that I trust very well, not only does he like fondling puppets, but he wants his puppets to do certain things with like females whether in, in interviews and stuff. I'm like, what kind of fucking weird fetish is that? You're a fucking <laughs> bozo, Steve Fall. And you shouldn't be allowed in fucking press scrums anymore. Uh, he likes puppets doing things to win. I, I don't know. I, I can't even wrap my head around. He looks like a I'm fucking creep with. if you look at him. <laughs> he he looks insane. Like one too. He looks insane, this fucking guy. It's, it's just, I just don't get it's it. Also, with these it's people. also not fair to the other outlets that are in these scrums too that want to ask serious questions. And then they got this goof asking these things. And it's obviously like with the WWE ones. I mean, they're they're like I don't know if you've ever watched them. They're very quick. It's like very like not like questions. a two-hour show like the AEW ones. Yeah, no, it's like very quick, in and out. Like they sit down, they ask answer a question, two or three, and then that's it. On to the next person. So right. it's like people miss out on some of their you know like asking some things they want to ask, and then you got this goof asking this question, you know, taking it away from everybody else, and it's just. No! It's miserable um, to, to listen to. It's beyond cringe. And, yeah, this is the stuff I hate, too, because, listen, I'm a wrestling fan. You're a wrestling fan. I just want to hear about 
like things that pertain to wrestling, not 1, things outside of the bubble, not things that are never going to happen. Like we've seen celebrities come into, you know, the, the squared circle and absolutely kill it here and there, you know, like Logan Paul, obviously he's getting headlines now. He had a fight yesterday, you know, he's yeah, calling he out Ray Mysterio. Yeah, he, he that's named that's Ray different Mysterio. though. Like that, like if, if you, if he asked, like, I don't know, if he asked uh, Cody Rhodes and Jay after they won the titles, can we see you guys against the Paul brothers or something? That, that's that clean. A better that question. is clean. That's a better question because that's that's something that is that could happen. Taylor Swift isn't even a wrestler. Like, what do you want? And asking Io Io Sky of all people, who who barely even understands English to begin with, she was so confused. She's like, "What? What?" She, call, she called them crazy. Yeah, yeah. She probably wanted to say something worse, but. I mean, yeah, dude, it's it's ridiculous, man. I, I can't stand listening to that guy. Um, and, you know, I, the WWE press conferences, they're cool. But this this shit just turns me off yeah, to them completely. I, I, I can't deal with people like that. I really can't. But let, let's talk about this pay-per-view, uh, Fastlane, last week. So, overall, I really did enjoy the pay-per-view. It, once again, it was a B-level pay-per-view. But for what we got, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I don't want to touch on the whole card. You know, we mentioned Neo Sky defeating Oscar and Charlotte. That match was really, really good. But now we got a new tag team and Cody Rhodes and Jay Uso defeating the Judgment Day. They won the tag titles. Cody Rhodes is a champion, not the champion that we thought he was going to be, but he is a champion. And Jay Uso continues to be elevated in this singles run that he's on, even though he's part of the tag team now. They got a pretty cool, um, I guess, like, I don't know, I don't want to call it a finisher. It's like a signature move. I think it's called the Code D1D, which is a combination of like a 3D and then the Cody cutter, which I think is pretty cool. And listen, man, Cody and Jay got some pretty cool on, on air chemistry, man. And, you know, it kind of, it kind of takes me back to when Cody was with the WWE in his original run when he was tagging with his brother and he had some matches with the Usos. So now it's crazy to see them now being a tag team. And just based on some of the stuff that we saw on Friday Night SmackDown, you know, this is just going to further continue this bloodline story in the long term. But before we get to all of that, um, what do you think of this match and I guess this new tag team? Oh, I love the match. I thought the match was so good. Man. It was fantastic. Uh, it was such a great way to kick off the show. Yep. And, um, they, I mean, all these guys have great chemistry together. I mean, I would, I would hope so with the amount of times that they've wrestled each other over the past few months, and mm -hmm. uh, you know, also with the live events and stuff like that. So this was just so good. Uh, the crowd was hot for it, and honestly, I didn't expect the title change. Me, either. I, I don't, you know, I, I did not see this coming, but I love it, man. Like it makes so much sense, and it plays beautifully into the bloodline story, oh, especially yeah. you know, Cody and Roman. We obviously saw what happened on SmackDown, so. Um, I love how they're just keep building it early. You know, we're like six months away from Mania still. And like, we were just getting so many layers to the story. And, oh, and yeah. listen, this is what needed to happen because the Bloodline storyline yep. has completely cooled off. And uh, this is a beautiful way to just keep keep things rolling and keep things hot and keep everybody invested and interested in this. Um, and that's the finishing move, the, the Cody cutter, the 1D, whatever they call it. Mm -hmm. um, it was smooth, man. It's, it's Very smooth. so good. And, um, yeah, just I thought it was great. Uh, you know what? Let's blend this in with, with – I guess we could do that with some of the stuff that we're going to talk about when it comes to WWE. Um, we'll blend this in with the Bloodline stuff. So Roman did make his return on Friday Night SmackDown. He faced off with John Cena. John Cena acknowledged him, but this kind of brought out L.A. Knight. And I love how John Cena, for whatever reason, maybe he just really generally likes L.A. Knight or 
he's just doing the favor for WWE because WWE sees like how big of a star LA Knight could be. But I just love the fact that John Cena is just doing everything he can to like put him over. Not only in the ring, in the in the in ring segment, and even the tag match at Fastlane where LA Knight got the hot tag, but then even also in the press scrum, like you know, a lot there was a lot of questions for John Cena. But then at that tail end, he was just telling people, no, no, let's let's get one more question, but let's get it for LA Knight. Like he's doing everything in his power to get LA Knight over. And I think that's just really cool. And it says a lot about John Cena. Listen, we all know John Cena is a great guy, but just the fact that he's moving the business forward because he loves wrestling so much and he loves the WWE so much, I think that's just something I wanted to acknowledge. But when it comes to acknowledgement, John Cena did acknowledge Roman Reigns and Roman Reigns kind of just gave him a weird look and then... This brought L.A. Knight, and we got... It was very quick between L.A. Knight and Roman Reigns was just enough for now. And then we got Jimmy interfering, and then we get a match later on in the main event between L.A. Knight and Solo Sokoa. But then even prior to that, when Cody and Jay defended the tag titles against Austin Theory, and my guy, Grayson Waller, okay? After that after they successfully defend those titles and then they're walking up the ramp, Roman comes out with the bloodline and you get this face off. So it just took Roman Reigns to return back on television to now we're moving on to the next chapter of the bloodline. And now I'm fully invested again because it kind of felt since after SummerSlam, the bloodline story kind of was put on hold, on pause, or even on a commercial break. Yeah, there was some movement in the story with Jay moving to Raw and Jimmy trying to prove his loyalty to the bloodline. But I just love in one episode with Roman returning, we're getting now further development. We're on to the next chapter. It looks like now Solo and Jimmy are going to now try to gun for those tag titles at some point. Roman's now going to face LA Knight at Crown Jewel, a.k.a. Money in the Sand 10. And we got the little teaser, the foreshadowing of Roman Cody 2 somewhere down the line. So... Man, listen, I, I know we complain about Roman not being on television. Now he's like on a Brock Lesnar schedule. But the the guy is a needle mover, bro. Because in just one appearance, the bloodline story is now back in full force. Oh, yeah. I mean, listen, and, and if this is the role that Roman's going to be in, like every single time he's on TV, like it's just it's that much more impactful, you yep. know, and like it means so much more. And listen, man, the WWE product right now is hot. Oh, yeah. It is oh, very yeah. hot. It's, and, and not even just like with ticket sales and things like that and viewership. Like it's like it's genuinely like interesting. Like, oh, I, yeah. like for me and you, like two guys like me and you for years have been like on and off of the WWE product. Right. Like we've been talking about, oh, it's terrible. Oh, it's you know, it's this, it's that man. Like it's it is so red hot right now. And. Hey, honestly, I'm more invested in what's going on in WWE than any other wrestling promotion out there right now. And yeah. honestly, that that hasn't happened in a while. Mm -hmm. So um, I just love everything that's going on right now. And obviously, it's a big testament to what Triple H is doing. 1,000%. Um, clearly obvious that he's in charge of creative. Um, you just saw it last week on Raw and SmackDown. Oh, yeah. Seeing all these people like Tegan Knox's, Bronson Reed's, um, all these like all these Triple H guys and gals getting these opportunities. Um, that they would never see if Vince was still in charge. So I just love everything that's going on. And yeah, listen, like the, the Jimmy and solo stuff, that's, that's interesting to me now with the, with Roman. And I, I love those backstage segments too, where Jimmy's doing the yeet and Roman just like, does not want anything <laughs> to do with that. He's um, like, don't do that again. It's so funny. Um, 
But yeah, listen, I just I, I think it's great. I, even LA Knight getting the match against Roman at the. Uh, I love how you know it's Money in the Sand 10. I love how you keep in track of it. Listen, you got to keep track of it. Listen, we started the Money in the Sand gimmick, all right? Because that's what it is. We, Regardless whether we agree or disagree with WWE's um, business plans with Saudi Arabia, it's Money in the fucking Sand. I'm not going to say blood money in the sand, but it is Money in the Sand, and we're at Money in the Sand X, okay? Oh, my God. <laughs> so great. But, yeah, I mean, listen, LA Knight getting a match, I think it's... <laughs> I think it's great. You know, I know we talked about AJ Styles potentially yes. getting that match. But listen, like, Where's as much AJ? as I love That's AJ. That's what I want to know. Where the hell's AJ? I know. He must be hurt again. Oh, uh, no. But regardless, right. you know, like, I hate to say it, Mario, and I'm, I'm, I don't, you know, I'm sure you'll agree. LA Knight versus Roman is what fans No, no, no. I, listen, I am not in disagreement of, of that. Listen, LA Knight is very hot, and the man is deserving of it. Because I yeah. saw this guy. Just like I'm going to talk about someone else um, on the come up, right? I remember seeing this guy in TNA, okay? When I first saw him, I believe he was part of a faction with Drew McIntyre, Drew Galloway, and my guy from um, Gorillas of Destiny, Tungaloa, okay? They were part. They were like in some stable. I can't think of the name right now, okay? And then they, the stable broke up, and then that's when you started seeing character development with Eli Drake. Whatever, the TNA thing happened. He ended up winning the TNA world title, and then he ended up leaving the company. I think he didn't want to do the job for Tessa Blanchard. This is going back in 2018, all right? Then he goes to NWA. He does a couple of good things in NWA, right? But it's NWA, right? There's only so many people that watch that, right? Finally gets hired by WWE. They changed his name to LA Knight. No problem with that. I think the name is fine. I think he had a decent run in NXT, but he didn't really do anything like, oh my God, out of this world. He gets called up. They changed him to Max Dupree. I'm like, what the fuck is this shit? But he's such a like, He's such a company guy that he was like, fuck it, I'm still going to do it anyway. And then ultimately, once Triple H took over, he became LA Knight again. And then since that, this man has been on a fucking skyrocket elevation, okay? And the guy's like one of the hottest stars in the company, if not the hottest star. And he's he's like very, he doesn't do much. He's just that natural. He has a couple lines here that people love. Like, he's very Miz-esque in the ring. He's not a bad wrestler. He's a good worker. He does a couple of good, cool moves. But he's not going to wow you in the ring, all right? But, man, the guy is super over. So, of course, I'm not going to... As much as I love AJ, and I will to see AJ get a shot at Roman. But it's, it's LA Knight's moment. Do I think LA Knight's going to win? No. But hopefully, with this match, that still continues. Because you could still... Take a loss, but still get elevated. And I feel like that's what's going to happen LA Knight. And who's the same? Him having a match from Roman, this might be LA Knight's best match he ever does in his whole career. Yeah, I mean, 100%. Listen, I'm not fully on the LA Knight bandwagon yet. I mean, I just don't know if I ever will be. I was never a huge, huge fan of this guy. So I'm not going to, like, pretend now that I all of a sudden love him. Right. Listen, I respect the hell out of him and what he's been doing and how – hard he has worked to get to this point and he just does his shtick right he just does yeah. his thing yeah. the yeah thing has been going on oh yeah as long as i can remember it's not something that he just came up with a couple of months ago and now it's finally getting over and again this is like daniel bryan kofi kingston-esque like or becky lynch like mm-hmm. things that just get over and you become like the hottest act in the company to the point where eventually they're gonna have to give you the big match the big opportunities and that's what's happening now with la Knight. 
listen, he's not going to beat Roman, but that's okay. Anybody yep. who says, oh, that's, that's bad for him if he doesn't win is – an He's idiot. an idiot because nobody's beaten Roman. <laughs> like, no, like Cody didn't beat Roman, and. He's he's more than fine. So like nobody could beat this man. So like L.A. Knight not being able to do it is not going to hurt him in any way. Oh, like yeah. you said, it's going to elevate him. You know, like look at the match that Logan Paul had with Roman last year oh, yeah. at the same event, and look at how much that elevated Logan Paul. So yeah, I think this is going to be huge for L.A. Knight. And uh, yeah, I mean we'll see what happens after that, and let's see how much they strap the rocket to him. Uh, because this is a big, big test for him. Yeah. I think I think he passed the test on Friday. I think he held his own on the 1, microphone. One thousand percent. But like you said, he's gonna hold his own on the microphone. He's not the world's greatest wrestler, but he is capable of doing enough in there. Yes. To you know let the rest like his his mic skills and his character and everything over you know overshadow his wrestling. So he can get away with not being the world's greatest wrestler, but. Yeah, let's see what he does with with Roman. I'm intrigued, man. I I am excited for it. I'm I'm really excited for for Roman and LA Knight and just to, there's this there's this picture that's been uh, all over social media where it's like it's when LA Knight and Roman are facing facing off and yo that shot is looks so dope of you seeing Roman's reflection on LA Knight's glasses. I thought yeah. I thought that shot was so fucking dope. Um it's just little shit like that that I don't know. It just adds like a different layer to it, because you just see Roman like all up in his fucking face. So I think it's just really, really cool, man. Yeah, yeah. No, that was an awesome, awesome shot. I, I, I didn't watch SmackDown Live, and I saw the, um, the picture of that on my Twitter feed, and I thought it was fake, man. I thought somebody like just photoshopped it in there. Oh no, such a great shot. Yeah, it really is. Okay, um, more on on Fastlane. Uh, Carlito returned. Um, apparently it's been rumored that he signed. He's been signed a deal going back from the summer, but he finally made his uh, three debut, if you will. You know, he tagged the LWO and they defeated the new Hurt business. I don't know what to call him, but fast forward to SmackDown. Um, there's a back and forth between Bobby Lashley and Carlito, and then Carlito got attacked. So it looks like they're going to have a match next week on Friday Night SmackDown. But as a longtime Carlito fan, okay, I'm happy to see this guy back. I, I think he's going to be kind of like in a. Um, Kind of like in a Sean Benjamin type role. Well, he'll have some showcases here, but I don't expect him to have like a one big crazy push. But who's to say? It might happen, right? But um, I do like to see Carlito um getting some TV time, and I'm just I just love the fact that he's back on WWE TV because I've always been a big Carlito fan. I still stand by this that Carlito should have been a world champion back in his original run. That didn't happen, but just seeing him back on WWE TV and He's in just just an incredible shape. I'm just happy for the guy. Yeah, he he looks like he's in incredible shape. I mean, we saw that at uh at the uh, Puerto Rico show, yep. and you know the only critique I have is this freaking theme song. Oh man. What yeah, the hell was that? Yeah, I I thought that was a just a complete miss. And uh, oof, like why 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 change it? You know, yeah, man, I smit, like, I miss his uh, old theme too. Like I spit in the face of people who don't like to be cool, and then it just like I. Carlito went on, uh, he did an interview with uh, Peter Rosenberg, and he talked about that, and it was WWE's idea, and they pitched the idea, like, hey, you know, we want to do something different, and Carlito was against it, but he was like, you know what, I'm going to be a team player, let's do it, and he said he wasn't really feeling the the the, the theme at first, but then it kind of grew on him a little bit, he still says he prefers his original theme, but he just kind of told his fans to kind of give it a chance to see what happens, but even him 
wasn't a fan of the of the of the switch you know yeah i don't really know why it's necessary i mean listen like good worker um you know he's got the look obviously i'm happy to see him back i think he definitely is deserving of a contract but i mean listen let's not expect anything major from this guy no, right? no, no, I mean, no, come no. on like like they signed him back and you said it perfectly like a shelton benjamin type role yeah he's gonna be quickly forgotten about i mean yeah. he's gonna be one of those guys where he's off tv for a while and then they throw him in there randomly to get squashed by somebody or just to have a match on a smackdown or a raw here and there you're gonna be like oh i forgot carlito was even employed like that's just what the guy he's gonna be and so since it's going to be like that, I just don't understand why you need to almost like repackage this guy, right? Like keep his nor his regular gimmick with the apples, keep his theme song. I mean, dude, it's nostalgic, you know. Like, I mean, this guy probably signed a two year deal. Mm -hmm. I mean, why not just keep things the way they were, you know? Like he's at the back end end of his career now. I don't know why it's necessary to change it, but hey, yeah, I mean, it's great to see him back. And uh, like I said, we'll see how they use him, but I'm not expecting anything anything. Big. I think I think Carlito's gonna be like similar to MVP where MVP yeah he he did the whole like manager stuff or whatever well for, he returned he wrestled a couple of matches and then he did like the whole manager stuff with the hurt business and Omas and stuff but he also does like agenting so I think like that's what that's gonna be the transition for Carlito I think you know he'll make a couple appearances here and there but I think sooner or later it's gonna be more of a transition where he becomes like an agent if I had to guess yeah 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 I could definitely see it. Let's talk about uh, Nakamura and Seth Rollins. I thought this match was really, really good, man. And they had me. I thought, yo, I think Nakamura might do this. Obviously, that didn't happen. Um, they beat the crap out of each other. And then fast forward to Monday Night Raw, it looks like Drew's going to be the next guy challenging Rollins at Money in the Sand 10, a.k.a. Crown Jewel. Uh, what's your thoughts? I thought the main event was great. Mm -hmm. I thought they had a killer match. Mm -hmm. um, I, did not, I did not get to check out... Uh, the the previous pay per view uh, payback it was uh, the one that was yeah, on all that weekend yeah I didn't so either. I never went back to actually watch Rollins and Nakamura so it's been a while since I've seen them in a high caliber match for a world title like this um, and I thought it was really really fun I thought the spots were great you know it's the last man standing gimmick so um, I just I enjoyed it for what it was uh, and you know yeah I agree they had me for a moment there as well but. Um, Listen, Nakamura, I don't think, ever had a chance to win this belt. I think they're sticking with Rollins all right. the way till WrestleMania, at yeah. least. And I'm fine with that. Um, as long as he keeps putting on bangers like this, I mean, hey, that, that's fine with me. Oh, yeah, he's on and, an incredible run right now. Does he need the title? No, but he's on an incredible run. Yeah, he doesn't need the title, but I'm also not going to hate the fact that he has it still. Oh, 1,000%. So, you know, and I think Drew McIntyre is just another guy who he's just going to absolutely have a banger with. Mm -hmm. And... um yeah, listen, Seth Rollins' title run has been really good, man. He's He's been facing off against a lot of great opponents. Yeah, man. Um, great I'm matches. enjoying it. So Great matches yeah. all year round, even before he won the world title. And listen, if you tell me, you know, because we got the Luchis coming up in December, if someone was to say, like, hey, Seth Rollins is my number one wrestler of the year, I wouldn't argue with you. Like, that, that's yeah, a contender. No, I mean, he's definitely in the top three, I would 1, think. 1,000%. 1,000%. This individual has uh, made her TV debut in, throughout the whole week. You know, Fastlane. I think I think she was backstage on Raw. I don't know if she had a segment. She made a, a an appearance on NXT real quick, and then on SmackDown, she had a face off with Charlotte. And that's Jay Cargill. Just by her appearances alone, which has been very minimal, like promo time for her. She hasn't said much. Okay, she looks like a fucking billion bucks. Not a million, a billion bucks. I'm just so happy for Jay Cargill, and yo, she's gonna be a. A star, a huge star in WWE. 
Yeah, dude, uh, she's everywhere. She's being presented like a star, and it's uh, it's it's incredible, man. I mean, really, like it just it just shows um, how highly they think of her. And listen, I love the teases on every single show, yep. right? Like she was on Fastlane, uh, she was on NXT. Yep. Uh, yeah, I don't know if she was on Raw. Uh, mm -hmm. She could have been, but uh, she was definitely on SmackDown, obviously. So, like, she was on most of the shows this past week. And, uh, you know, I guess just getting acclimated with the, the, the lifestyle and how everything is back there and, and obviously how, how it is being on the road all the time like that because WWE schedule, obviously, way different than the AEW one. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's great to see. It's exciting. Um, her and Charlotte face-to-face, -face, man. That was I thought great. That was very great. very just like wow you know like i did not expect that right off the bat they're already teasing a huge oh, yeah. high profile match like that um listen i i still think she needs a little bit of work and i know like you know a lot of people have that critique from her as well but i think over time she's just going to learn on the fly mm -hmm. because i don't think she could spend any time in nxt no, at this point can't. i mean especially after that you know face to face with charlotte and how she's just being presented like all over the place. Like a I feel like if she was going deal. to NXT, a big she'd deal be in NXT already. Yep. Okay, so we got another debut on Friday night. Okay. Um, it's been rumored that he's been doing a lot of agent work backstage, but he made his first appearance on TV, and that's my guy, the national treasure, Nick Aldis. And I'm so happy for this guy, okay, because this guy had it rough when he first started with like the whole Magnus stuff and TNA. Um, he was kind of one of those dudes, and I remember back then, I'm like, I see why they got this guy, but I'm just not sold on him yet, right? And listen, you're young, okay? He was a young guy. I think he's, like, around our age. He's not, uh, he's, like, around my age. He's not, you know, he's not an old dude. So, um, just to see his grind and everything he did with TNA and then getting out of, like, the whole Magnus stuff and then, um, NWA and everything he did for NWA and that world title, he, you know, he made that world title relevant again. And, Who's to say? I don't even think that title is relevant anymore. It, but just the run he had in NWA, and then he, you know, he has a quick cup of coffee in Impact, and ultimately being WWE now. Like I'm just so happy for him, and I think he's gonna do amazing stuff as a general manager for SmackDown. And who's to fucking say? I did this on a post yesterday. Who's to fucking say? We might see him in a WWE ring one day when it's like when it's like the right storyline or it's like somebody pressing his authority, right? We could see him in, in the WWE ring wrestling. Maybe not even as a face. Maybe he'll be as a heel. But I'm just so happy for the guy, and he fucking deserves it. Oh, 100%, man. I, I agree with basically everything you said here. Listen, this has been a long time coming for Nick Aldis. Yep. You know, I mean, I think he's gotten uh, – he's just – he actually hasn't. I was going to say he's gotten opportunities to go to WWE. I don't think he ever has. I don't no. think they've ever really contacted him. Um, but he was just grinding, especially with all the work that he put in with the NWA mm -hmm. and that World's Heavyweight Championship. I mean, he completely just yeah, the made ring, that thing. Also, the Ring relevant. of Honor stuff and the All In stuff too with Cody. Yeah, the All In match with Cody was phenomenal, and that's it was so cool to see yeah. on SmackDown the face to face yep. Roman and Cody and, and Nick Aldis in, the middle in between. Of it. Yep. <laughs> and the first thing I thought of was the All In oh, match. Like, so dude, dope. Could you imagine like? telling somebody years later that that was going to go down like i don't even think you could tell cody and and nick those two things like yeah. that was going to happen and they would believe it like i'm sure cody's so really happy for nick aldis too i'm almost positive he is oh yeah 100 percent. and listen for all the people out there that are just burying this oh he should be a wrestler he should be wrestling he should be wrestling shut the hell up 1000 and i'm gonna tell you why because this guy 
Yeah, I mean, he's not that old, but he's also not a youngster. Mm -hmm. So they're not bringing this guy in to wrestle full-time. He's going to end up exactly like Carlito if he was. Oh, he's yeah. hot for a little bit, and then all of a sudden, he's off TV, and then he's barely seen. Mm -hmm. Look at Bobby Roode, for example, okay? I know he's, he's an agent now, mm -hmm. but even when he was an active wrestler, what did he do? He won the U.S. title once. He won tag team titles here and there. He never really got to where everybody expected him to be. His Nick NXT Aldis run was better than his main roster run. Yeah, 100%. Nick Aldis is never going to get to that level. I, I'm, I'm, that's not a knock on him at no. all. He's a great talent. I just know how the WWE operates by now. And this is just not a guy that they're going to push to the top of the mountain. So at least if he's the general manager, he is going to be getting TV time yes. every single week. And that is great for this guy. And yeah, a match here and there, who's to say? Right. I mean, I don't think he's never not going to wrestle for WWE. But as a full-time wrestler, not gonna have come it. on, people. Let's be real. This is the best role that he could possibly 1, be 1,000%. He's in the ring with Triple H. He's in, he's in there with Roman and Cody. He's backstage with Charlotte. I mean, come on. This yeah. is perfect for this guy. That role of being a GM... It fits like a glove for Nick Aldis because he has that aura about him. And just a couple of things. I did pop with the Cody and Nick Aldis thing when he was like, not not now, not now. And just like, yo, <laughs> the, the, one, of the, the, one of the main event matches of All In, those two guys are now in WWE together. That, that's fucking awesome, right? So I popped for that. I also popped for the line that he threw at Dominic when he's like, oh, Dominic Mysterio, nice to meet you. I'm a big fan of your father's. Popped <laughs> for that line. I thought that line yep. was amazing. And... Bro, I just love how how things just sometimes just work out for 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 these individuals. Like, look at Nick Aldis and Adam Pierce, two former NWA World Champions. Okay, a lot of people will say those two are like the greatest NWA World Champions of like the modern era. Right now, they're both the GMs for Monday Night Raw and SmackDown. <laughs> I know. I saw somebody on Twitter. They wrote like qualifications to become general manager in WWE. Be a former NWA first <laughs> heavyweight champion, and then and then the quote tweet. Uh, somebody quote tweeted it and put a GIF of EC3. Oh no, no 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 no! <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm just I'm even Adam Pierce. Like, I feel like Adam Pierce in many ways is like an unsung hero, and Triple H in his promo, right? And, and, and Triple H is just such a master at this type of shit, right? He put him he put him over really good on SmackDown. Like, wow. And it kind of like, yeah, you know, Adam Pierce is kind of a great guy. It's like, um, he kind of said it. He's like, an, it's an, an, you know, uh, unsung job and, you know, it's a, a thankless job. And yeah, it's all kayfabe. But at the same time, I think there's like a lot of like truth to that too. It, I thought it was a great segment and I'm just so happy for Nick Aldis. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. It's great to see. Um, it's just refreshing, you know, yeah. just to see a fresh new face on there. Like, it's uh, it's something I didn't expect, but now the more and more I thought about it, man, like I said before, it's the perfect role for him to be in. Yeah, definitely, one thousand percent. I'm happy for Nick. Okay, something that is not so so great, and um, I want to get your thoughts on this because we did not talk about this at all throughout the week. So we had a big Tuesday night war on Tuesday. Okay, I only watched AEW Dynamite. Okay, I enjoyed Dynamite for what it was. It was fine. But I did skim through NXT. I didn't watch the whole episode, but I did want to watch. I think I watched like the first half of NXT. And this is the first time I've watched NXT in probably over a year. I do not watch the product. Nothing against the talent. I just don't have the time for it. 
and the NXT product is just not for me. With all that being said, okay, at least the first hour that I watched, and then some of the other stuff that I watched on social media, it looked like a pretty cool show. I still think that full sale slash performance center Orlando crowd, I think they're atrocious, okay? I still don't like them. I think they're terrible. I, I still stand by the reason why the first version of NXT failed or died is because of that crowd. I think that crowd is obnoxious. I don't like them. But for what I did watch and some of the stuff I, I saw on social media, I did enjoy the show, okay? The bigger story here is, yeah, NXT won the, the, the quote-unquote ratings war, right? But Jesus Christ, can we... Someone take Tony Khan's phone away from him. That dude... Listen, I love Tony. <laughs> I think he's a great guy. But one thing, out of all the critiques you could give Tony Khan, okay? Whether his booking stuff, the women's division, um, him as a promoter, whatever you want to say, right? My biggest critique of Tony Khan is how he uses Twitter. Someone needs to take that phone away from him. He should not be allowed to tweet because he doesn't do himself any favors at all. Yeah, listen, um... Well, to start from the beginning, I watched AEW as well. Listen, like, we're AEW guys. I'm an AEW guy. I think the card was way better, and I was not just going to tune into NXT just right. because they were bringing John Cena and Cody Rhodes to the show. Neither guy was wrestling, so I was like, well, I'll listen, I'll watch this later, and I'll, I'll probably see all of it on my Twitter anyways, yeah. which I ended up seeing anyway. So yeah. I watched AEW. I enjoyed AEW. Yep. Um, NXT, listen, like, I don't think NXT is, as, is as bad as, you know, it was, I don't know, a year ago around this time when it was 2.0. With that being said, it's still not for me either. Like, yep. I'm still not going to tune in every single week. I will watch, if I'm home, you know, I'm not doing anything, I will tune into the, the PLEs okay. because I think they've been pretty good. Um, you know, I love Carmelo Hayes, Braun Breaker. I think they're great. NXT has a has some talented people down there. I mean, let's not you know be just too delusional. You know, no. Um, that, listen, the talent but, the talent is amazing there. Most yeah. of the talent there is amazing. Yeah, for, for sure. And then you know, I I did pop with the Undertaker coming out at the end because it just like you know a lot of the things they did reek the desperation. That being like number one because I mean why did the Undertaker need to go in there right? Like it's not like they're setting up Braun Breaker versus Undertaker. So like the point of it was obviously just to pop the rating and hey they got the rating they won the war. Kudos to them. Let's throw them a little parade. Um, but yeah, the big thing here is all these fucking peckerheads. And excuse my language, I don't normally curse on this show, but. These fucking peckerheads on Twitter are unbelievably cringe and just make me want to put my head through a goddamn wall. Oh, yeah. This is why I don't freaking use this anymore really that much. I kind of, um, you know, use it less and less now. And it's reasons like this. It is so unbearable. I mean, in 2019, when they started going head to head, you know, I enjoyed it. I kind of got in on it. I was like pro AEW and like anti NXT back then. But dude, we're four years later now, right? And the fact that people still care who wins the freaking ratings is mind boggling. These people are like defending one brand or the other as if they're employed by this company. WWE, AEW, they don't give a shit if you defend them or not. So I don't – like some of these people are just beyond cringe. And then like you said, Tony Khan doesn't help himself out. Nope. And listen, I thought his first few tweets, um, I think on Tuesday, the, the day before uh, – no, well, 
no, Monday, because the show was on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when he called out Triple H and Shawn Michaels with the bald asshole picture. And then he, and then like somebody said, oh, like Vince wouldn't do that. And he was like, oh, yeah, like Vince uses power to shoot a lot of shots. Like, I thought that was pretty funny. Like, listen, like it's all in good fun. Like they're going up against each other. It's competition. We know that. Mm-hmm. But what he did after oh, losing, bro, it was Friday, and he was with. still tweeting about it. Friday, and he was still tweeting about shit. Yeah, God. listen, he's tweeting about the Undertaker and John Cena not be the first time they've ever been on a show with under uh, one million viewers, and then he's bringing his mother into this and and trying to get sympathy from people. I mean, listen, Tony, we know you don't like WWE. You don't need to bring your mother who is ill into this to explain to us why you have so much hatred. We know. We've known for yourself. years. It's pretty obvious. I I mean, like, dude, there's no defending that. And, like, I'd want to know what the talent back there thinks, you know, like when they read these tweets from their boss. Like, it's just like the it can't tribalism, be good, man. man. It can be good. Tribalism from the fans is one thing. But, dude, I mean, come on. Like... <laughs> just yeah somebody needs to do something with his twitter account because again i mean this has been going on for years where he'll, where he'll just he'll tweet some things and like i said i enjoyed them in the beginning and then he takes it too far and then he ends up embarrassing himself in the end i just i just compare it to like triple h sean i'll even say vince you know and as much as i have thoughts about Vince McMahon, but like they would never tweet something like that they would they would they wouldn't do it you know, I, I don't. I don't even think they would ever like say any of these things publicly in an interview. No, you they know? wouldn't. They wouldn't <laughs> listen. Triple H I, after the um, after Fastlane, the press scrum, he put over Edge. He said he's happy for him. He said he sent them a text. Yeah. So like yeah, it's exactly. like it's like <sighs> Tony as the head, the president, the CEO, whatever title you want to give this guy, right? He shouldn't be doing that, man. He shouldn't be. And I just don't think someone should take his, his Twitter away. Someone should take his phone away. Like, I hate to say it like that, but like, that's like my. Listen, out of all the criticisms people give Tony Khan, right? And then some people are like, oh, oh Tony Khan's a piece of garbage. Like, really, you know that, man, to really call him a piece of shit? Like, come on, man. Like, that to me is stupid. But like, you know, you could have criticism about his booking philosophy or like how he books the women's division, which the women's division is atrocious, not because of the women, it's just the way he books stuff. Or, like, sometimes how, like, these pay-per-view cards are just slammed with, like, so many fucking matches. Whatever you want to criticize him about. Like, all those criticisms, yeah, there's some, like, merit to them. But at the same time, like, they really don't bother me too much, all right? The only thing that really bothers me about Tony Khan is just how he acts on social media, man. Specifically Twitter. He acts like a spoiled child. And you shouldn't be doing that as a boss. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, listen, I mean, you know, people calling Tony Khan a shitty human being. I mean, that's, like, listen, that's a little that's a little far. I mean, listen, oh, yeah. tweet. Uh, you know, he's not a shitty human being or a piece of shit human being. I mean, but like he just needs to cut back on some of these things. Just worry about AEW. You know, again, this is what got WCW in trouble. This is what TNA, you know, when they went head to head with um, WWE, like this is why they got in trouble. Again, they're trying too hard to be better than wwe they're trying to talk too much about wwe just leave them alone and let them be them you know like where aew is right now in four short years 
is remarkable. Like, it's just incredible. Like, I don't think they ever predicted to be in the spot that they're in right now. So just just let it go. Like, let it ride. Like, just keep doing your thing. Like, you're doing great. Like, the ticket sales have been, you know, well, I mean, you know, based on the, the pictures that these peckerheads are putting out of these collision tapings where there's no fans, you know, oh, AEW's in trouble. Um, but you know I mean, how listen, stupid like, that sounds, bro? I'm going to pay for a show, okay, and then trash on the audience, like the attendance, like in the in the building. But I paid to go to that show. Like, you know how ridiculous that sounds? Like, why would I do that? You're not doing anything to to push and move the business forward by doing that. Like, why would you do something like that? It's stupid. And why do people care? Like, I don't. And, and half of it too is people that watch on TV. Like they're on Twitter and they're just like seeing the picture. They're like, you know, like re- reposting the, the the videos and all that stuff. Like, who cares? Like, like if you enjoy the show, you watch the show to you know see your favorite talents and you know Edge is there now. Like, why do you care how many people are in attendance? I never understood that, man. Like, yeah. I, I don't get it. I don't. Get I don't it watch either, shows bro. to. I don't. I don't tune into Monday Night Raw and be like, oh, what's the attendance today? How many people are in attendance? Because if there's uh you know less than a thousand people here, then I'm not watching the show. Like, I don't get it. I get when it comes from a place where you're like, and I, and I said it on this show too, like I'm concerned about like sometimes AEW going to like the same venues and same like areas and their attendance isn't approving. I'm concerned in that aspect because it's like, I want AEW to keep doing great things. Right. We were talking about that for grand slam, how ticket sales wasn't really moving. And then the day of, or like the week of like, okay, ticket sales started going back up again. But like, I'm concerned from that aspect, but if I go to a show, right, and the attendance is all that great, I don't care about the attendance. I care about my experience at the show and if I'm watching a great show or not. Yeah, I mean, listen, like, AEW's not going anywhere. They're not going no, out of business. No, they're not. Like, a couple of shows here and there that they're not doing well selling tickets. Like, I think one of the shows was in Salt Lake City, Utah, and even Dave Meltzer said this is a market that they've never – done good ticket sales in but like they have to go there like they have to appease everybody right like they got to go everywhere so like it's not the end of the world like everybody needs to just relax man like it's just ridiculous but uh i mean listen the bottom line is AEW is doing great yes okay so like again and wwe's doing their thing Mm -hmm. like why like just let them both be themselves you know and again tony khan is a big issue here and um, you know, I it's so funny too because after he like tweets this this John Cena and Undertaker thing, right? Like minutes later, he's announcing like a match a match with Dynamite <laughs> next week. It's just like anybody cares, right? He's trying to get the focus off of his previous tweet, like no, typical but, Tony. But yeah, just to add on to what you just said about like WWE's doing great things, AEW's doing good too. Listen, I think it's beneficial for all parties when like wrestling. The wrestling boom, it continues booming, right? And everybody's doing business and everybody's in their own realm, whether whatever tier you want to call them or not. Like, listen, GCW was just at Cork and Hall a couple days ago. Okay, they made their Cork and Hall debut. Okay, that's a touring brand. Impact, they just announced they sold out Bound for Glory in Chicago. So, like, I think when wrestling across the board is doing well, I think that's just beneficial for all business. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Listen, wrestling's never been in a better spot than it is right now across the board and every single company, man, every, everybody's thriving and there's more jobs and places uh, for people to go. And it's, uh, it's a beautiful thing. So I don't, you know, if you're a wrestling fan, I don't know why you'd be anything less than happy about that. All right, Ryan, we're going to talk about one of your favorite things. All right. <laughs> we're going to talk about Ring of Honor real quick. Oh, great. <laughs> 
I was waiting for this part of the show. <laughs> okay. Next, next we're going to follow it up with some impact. <laughs> Damn, why, why impact got to catch it too? <laughs> hey, for me, they're in the same category. <laughs> okay. It's so funny how we just I just completely contradicted myself by saying <laughs> wrestling is great. You should be happy for them. And now I'm like, oh, Rory, let's talk about Ring of Honor at Impact. <laughs> okay. So the reason why I, I want to uh, mention Ring of Honor is that there was like an interesting rumor that happened this week, which it, it's kind of been bubbling the last couple of weeks, but like it, it was put out in the universe this week. I don't know who put it out, but it was rumored that Ring of Honor is going to be at the Hammerstein Ballroom for final battle, which I was like, oh, that's cool. Good for them, you know. I think they'll they'll probably sell it out, right? Because it's a it's a smaller venue. It's it's one of my favorite wrestling venues, right? The Hammerstein Ballroom in New York City. But then I forgot who debunked it. It might have been Fightful. I don't know who, but someone debunked it and said like, no, that's not happening. But out of all this, right? What's interesting about this is there's also been another rumor. I'm not sure if you heard this, Ryan. Okay, there is a rumor that AEW plans to do another pay per view in December. And the rumor is that it might happen in New York City. Yeah, I did not hear that rumor. I heard the... Um, and the reason the why ROH. I'm connecting that with Ring of Honor is Ring of Honor's final battle apparently was going to happen in Hammerstein Ballroom, New York City on a Friday. Yeah. I forget the date. I think it might have been like December 29th or something. I it was like New Year's It was like New Year's weekend. Yeah, yeah. And then that Saturday on the 30th, AEW was going to have a pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. That's, the in, ru- both, that's the rumor. That's the rumor. Both in Hammerstein or just in New York? No, no, no. Denver? Somewhere like around the area. Well, I mean, that would. I mean, hey, that'd be awesome. Listen, I don't think AEW needs another pay per view. Oh well. Um, <laughs> winner's but, coming. Hey, listen, I know. I listen. And we started talking to. Uh, well, you know, we were talking about like off air. You know how everything's just so expensive. You have to take a step back and you know save and not go to all these events. But man, I mean. If AEW runs a pay-per-view in New York, obviously, you know, we'll be there. Oh, dude, um, listen, if hypothetically speaking, okay, because it's on a Saturday, too. So, you know, I, I would have no problem going. I, listen, if it happens on a fucking, you know, Saturday, New York City or like around the tri-state area, I, I might have to go, man. That I will end, Let's end the year by going to a wrestling show. Yeah, how, how appropriate, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, listen, I mean, that'd be awesome. I did see the rumor. I, this is the only rumor I did see was the Ring of Honor final battle at the Hammerstein. And listen, I'm not going to lie, man. That that excited me for oh, a yeah. minute. The man that, that put the honor back in Ring of Honor, baby. Oh, dude, that's my favorite venue to watch wrestling in, man. Nothing beats it. Like, you, you have to be there to experience that yes. type of, like, intimate atmosphere. Um, there's no, you know, like, real bad seat. You know, I guess unless you're, like, all the way back underneath the, the um, you know, the balcony and stuff like that. But I just love that venue so much. Yeah, and too, it man. used to be, like, so great how Ring of Honor used yep. to run Final Battle every single year oh, there. Yeah. And now, obviously, that's not the case. They haven't run it in, like, over four years. Um, but, yeah, you know, yeah, that excited me. It's 2018, it, right? Uh, yeah, there was the, I think it was, was it, uh, yeah, no, I was going to say it was the last show that the Elite were on, that final battle, but I don't believe that's the case. I think they did run. Oh, yeah, they did do event. another show. They did uh, Manhattan Mayhem, and I think the main event was, like, the Briscoes versus G.O.D. Yeah, yeah, I, I didn't attend that one. The last one I was at was the final battle 2018. Yeah, I was at, uh, I, I was at that show, too. And it was just so great. So it doesn't look like it's happening. But I guess, hey, you never know, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, Dave shot it down. And he, you know, if there's anything to believe uh, when it comes to Meltzler, it's things like this. And he's close to Tony Khan. He he knows these things probably better than anybody. So 
we'll see what happens. But, you know, that definitely did excite me for a short period of time. Yeah, yeah, so we'll see what happens. All right, let's talk about some AEW stuff. Um, so we had Dynamite this week, and some interesting stuff happened. Let's talk about this Jay White-MJF story, all right? Because Jay White has taken the Triple B and has called it the Bang Bang Belt, all right? He's carrying it. Listen, it looks great around his waist, all right? Uh, the, the, that AEW title just looks great on Jay White, all right? And maybe I'm biased because I'm a big Jay White fan. But um, what's interesting that came out of this was... Um, Juice Robinson is gonna be part of um this um what do you call it the the ring battle royal what what what's the the brat what's oh, the, yeah. what what's it called again the the, the diamond the di- ring battle dynamite royal ring. dynamite ring battle royal there you go and clearly MJF is the the holder of the dynamite ring and um listen I don't want to get into too much specifics but um clearly there's a situation happening right now with Israel and Palestine um I'm just gonna say it here the best way I can. Listen, no innocent woman, men, child should die, okay? Um, I'm not going to get into the whole side thing because that's not this type of show. But no one should get murdered for no reason, all right? And that's where I stand by that. But nonetheless, um, the reason I'm bringing that up is because there was a, there was a, there's a one point of this segment where, listen, if you if you know Juice Robinson, he does like the whole quarters gimmick. You know, the roll of quarters and he knocks people out with them, right? He's been doing this for a while now. And, um, yeah, there was a back and forth, and he pulled out a roll of quarters that said, I think, um, I don't know if it said Freeman or MJF. I forget exactly what it said on the roll of quarters. And then uh, MJF responded back, and, you know, with the whole, you know, MJF is Jewish, and that led to, like, a big thing on social media, and they shouldn't have done that, blah, blah, blah. And it just was, like, a big conversation about it. Um, I personally wasn't offended about it, but then again, I'm not Jewish, all right? So I I also don't want to be dismissive of people that are, you know, from Israel or, you know, that are Jewish or whatever, or anybody that got offended. So um, I don't think it was a big deal. But what's interesting about all that was, fast forward to Collision yesterday, I think um, they saw the heat that they were getting, and they did this segment after Juice Robinson won his match where Jay White gave him his own ring, and now he's using his own version of a ring. So... It looks like this whole roll of quarters thing ain't gonna happen. I mean, I could be mistaken, but just the fact that Jay White presented Juice Robinson with his own ring, that was very telling to me. Um, what are your thoughts on like the progression of the Jay White and MJF story, and I guess, you know, kind of the backlash that they got for the the whole segment with the quarters? Yeah, I think the the backlash was, uh, you know, it was warranted. I think, mm-hmm. um, you know, listen, it's just wasn't really the right time to go yep. about doing that. I think, you know, yep. it's, it's uh, it. I know it wasn't meant to be in poor taste right. but the timing of it yeah, was just uh not yeah good. not great not great and you know i know this you know mjf has told this story a while you know for a long time now with you know how what he used to go through in school yep. and everything with the quarters and i get it plays into the storyline but uh yeah I, I you know if you wanted to do this i guess you could hold off for a little bit i mean it's just not the right time um so yeah i didn't like it at all and i know you know tony sees the backlash too so um, you know, I, I figure that they're going to go away from this. And listen, MJF, he signed off on this. Obviously, he knew it was coming and he was. This, this is stuff. no heat on the talent either. Like, I don't I don't put the blame on MJF no, or Juice. No. It's just no, I mean, it's know. not there. I mean, I don't think it was their idea. Right. Like, obviously, still everything needs to go by Tony Khan. So um, listen, I don't it's, I don't know if like I'm putting blame on anybody. Right. right. I just like I don't know. I, I just, just feel poor like, timing. Right. Right. And I don't know why nobody saw that or like thought about that beforehand. Um, nonetheless, though, 
expect it to be swept under the rug. I expect them to, you know, kind of go away from that part of, uh, of the story. But as far as the story goes, I mean, listen, I think it's been great. Mm-hmm. Uh, long ways to go, though, I feel like. I mean, I guess not too far away, but I mean, you know, we're still a couple of weeks out. So I'm curious to see how they're going to keep this rolling. Uh, but nonetheless, I am. And who's the attackers? Pop- we still don't even know who the attackers are. Yeah, yeah, and, and I didn't watch Collision last night, but apparently um, Jay White alluded to uh, the attackers again. So it's like they they they're not forgetting about the the attackers, right? It's mm-hmm. going to be something that is going to have to be in people's minds, like in the back of their mind. But they're not going to talk about it every single week. And I wonder when the next attack is going to be. You know, yeah. like I thought we would get one by now. So that's an intriguing storyline there. Um, yeah, listen, I'm I'm super pumped for this main event match, and I'm really curious to see how they book it because I think Jay White needs to win here. And he looks like you said before, so good with the title. And um, I just think it plays into the storyline again. I mean, uh, MJF and Adam Cole, they, they still the tag champs. Like I don't think he needs to retain the world title. So uh, very intrigued to see what they do. Put the world title on Jay White and put the trails titles on the rest of uh, BCG. Oh, and they all have gold. Oh bro. Chef's kiss right there, man. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Speaking of gold, we had two title uh, changes on Dynamite. We had Orange Cassidy defeat Ray Phoenix for the International Championship. Listen, I think it's safe to say that Ray Phoenix was never supposed to win this title. And putting it back on Orange Cassidy, are we going to get another Orange Cassidy and Mox match? Not really sure. But listen, Orange Cassidy, that dude has been on such an incredible run. So I can't say I hate this decision on putting the title back on Orange Cassidy. My only fear is, and I want to know if you agree with me on this, is that the run that Christian Cage is on with his TNT title has made it feel important again, right? And now we have a a third title switch in a matter of, well, like a month and a half, maybe even less than that, for the international title. Now that you put the title back on Orange Cassidy, to ultimately, like, I'm not saying this is going to happen, but then you put the title back on Mox, I don't want this title to be a flip-flop title because I feel like this title is like a level right underneath the world title. So it's like I'm I'm a bit concerned on like if Orange Cast is going to be another transitional champion or is he going to just have another run with the belt? Yeah, they did this with the TNT title when it was like uh, Sammy Guevara and uh, yeah. Scorpio Sky and all that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I didn't I wasn't a fan of it either. I don't really know what they're doing here. I don't know why they, they took it off to Phoenix. I think it's because he's hurt again. Um, unfortunately, this guy just cannot stay healthy. So it definitely seems like he's dealing with something. I hope it's not too serious. Um, but I think that we're going to get Mox and Orange Cassidy again at full gear. And I think that's where Mox is going to win this win this title back. Um, Damn, 2-0 yeah, and and on OC, huh? <laughs> yeah, I just don't feel like – I mean, listen, the guy had a historic run. Like, yeah. I don't need I don't need to see him go on – a second historic run, you know, like I don't think anybody needs to, I think we need to see something fresh and new. And again, nothing against orange Cassidy. Mm-hmm. I just think people are over it. I mean, I'm, I could be speaking for myself, right? but I just think uh, Mox won the belt for a reason. And I was excited to see Mox's, uh, you know, run with this. Yeah, I me think too. Me Tony's going to give it back to him when he's, when he's healthy. And I'm pretty sure he will be by full gear time. I hope, hope he is. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of what I expect, but yeah, I don't really love the flip flopping either. Like, this is this is just uh, I don't know. This yeah. is just something that, that that happens. The AEW deals with these injuries like out of nowhere like this, and they always got to make adjustments on the fly. Mm-hmm. Um, so unfortunately, these things have to happen sometimes. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a little bit nervous about um, 
if we're going to see another like flip-flop with the international title because I don't want to see that for that title. That title, to me, is a big deal. So I'm very concerned about that. All right. Speaking of title changes, Carl Sheeta defeated Soraya for the women's world title. And listen, I'm happy for Sheeta. I think Sheeta's an incredible worker. She'll probably make it in our top 10 list, and she deserves it. I'm not saying she does deserve it. But, man, we really just put the title on Soraya just for that pop it all in. That's the only reason we put the title on Because her title run has been forgettable. Oy, 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 has it been forgettable. Oh, my goodness. What Man, a what a waste of fucking bro. time, bro. Yeah, and this exactly. is no disrespect on Soraya. I'm not trying to disrespect her. But th- th- there was it, this whole run that she was on, I, I can't even call it a run because I could probably only counted in like two, three fingers how many t- times she defended the title. It's just been forgettable. We just did this just for the pop. That's it. Listen, she's she is... Just never, I just feel like she's never going to get over with that crowd. Like, I know she's a heel anyways, but I feel like people don't give a flying shit about Soraya. And listen, I can't blame them, you know. First of all, we've been talking about the women's division on the show for weeks upon weeks upon weeks. The women's women's division sucks, okay? It's terrible, all right? Uh, And that's no knock on the talent that they have there. It's just the way it's booked. It's awful. Um, listen, Soraya got that moment. Nobody will ever take that moment away from her winning with her family there. They, they were all in the ring. I mean, that from the entrance to, you know, she got a great pop there. Yep. Nobody, nobody will ever take that away from her. And I'm glad she got that. I mean, I don't hate her. You know, I have nothing against Soraya. Yeah, I'm glad she got that moment, but I did not need to see a long title run. And listen, she, I, I couldn't even tell you one good match that she's had overall in AEW. This might've been the best one with Sheeta. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because Sheeta is that good. Um, but listen, Hikaru Shida winning again. Again, I like Shida, but to me, it's just not that interesting. And again, are they going to do what they did, you know, what we just talked about with the inter- international title? Are they going to pull it off of Soraya to give it to somebody else at full gear? I mean, like, listen, it she, seems like they she give her sound, the belt. She's in third ring right, right now. She's in her third ring right now. And if I had to, if I was a betting man, she's going to be a transitional champion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what I think, too. And again, this, how could you ever get anybody over this way? Like, mm-hmm. it's just a lot of the same thing over and over and over again. And listen, like, Sheeta being a three-time champion would be fine if, like, they just spaced out the title runs a little bit. Like, if she doesn't win the belt now for another, like, two years, like, I'd be fine with that. Like, I, I just, again, Shit, you need to get more point, women involved. Listen, he, here's a hot take, man. At this point, I wouldn't even see him Britt Baker hold the title again. Like, yeah, and I never thought I'd say that to be honest, because uh, you know, I mean, Brit's Brit's fine now. She at one point I was like so sick and tired of Britt mm-hmm. Baker being involved in everything. But now um, she yeah. did, it was like Charlotte esque. Yeah. But now I mean, it listen, seems like yeah, a breath of fresh really, air. Yeah, yeah, she hasn't been really like too high up on the card lately. So yeah, I wouldn't mind giving the belt to her. Listen, if you want to make the belt feel important again, you should give it to Britt Baker. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. agree. I agree one thousand percent. All right. Uh, our guy Edge, Adam Copeland, he made his uh, in-ring debut against Luchasaurus, and it's so interesting to see Edge, right? And I'm still gonna call him Edge, and I'll and I'll say Adam too. But like, it's so interesting to see Edge wrestling outside of WWE because now he doesn't have like restrictions because he's not wrestling that WWE style no more. And I'm not saying that he didn't, he couldn't have his way in the WWE, right? But you would have to get clearance and kind of use his like legends card, if you will, and be like, "Hey, Lenab, like 
I'm Edge, right? And just to see him wrestling that match with Luchasaurus, uh, listen, was it Edge's best match? No, but it was a really good match. But I will say, this is probably one of Luchasaurus's best matches with Edge. I thought this match was really, really good, and fucking Edge fucking hitting spears from the fucking ring to the outside and shit. It was that spot right there when I looked at him, it's like, bro, Edge could do whatever the hell he wants here. He has no restrictions. Yeah, dude, it was uh, it was really, really cool to see. Very, very surreal again to yeah. see Edge outside of a WWE setting, wrestling and, and being the way he is, and uh, really, really just crazy, crazy to see. And I thought it was a great first match. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, just to get his feet wet, yeah. you know, just to get his, uh, you know, his bearings. You know, obviously, this is all new to him. He's never faced off against Luchasaurus before. Um, so I think they worked well together, and I agree. I think this was probably the best performance outside of, like, um, the steel cage match, I think that he had with yeah. uh, Jungle Boy at the Full Gear pay per view. I thought that was really good. Yeah, and but, listen, um, some and, of their tag you know, matches even... too. When they were t- when they were yeah. still a tag team, they were. But like as a single star, I meant, yeah, yeah. Mostly, I'm I'm talking about singles. Like right. this is the best I think he's looked um, in in all of his singles matches that he's had. So yeah, I thought it was great. And uh, listen, the, the story played into into everything where you know Brian Danielson got the shot. Um, obviously, that match happened last night mm-hmm. for the TNT title. You know, uh, it looks like we're going to get Hangman and Swerve still, you know, yep. wrestling each other. So um, it was just uh, – I thought it was a pretty good way to end the show. And I was surprised, man. We got a 15-minute overrun for Dynamite. My favorite thing about that overrun, besides the match between Luchasaurus and the Edge, which I thought was fantastic, was the brawl. Because then you see, like, uh, the um, the embassy come in, right? You know, the, the embassy coming in, and they were, like, fighting with the BCC or whatever. And then Hangman's brawling with – with um with swerve and i just started laughing and i don't know if this happened to you or even noticed but like i'm like i just love the fact that it was like a very wwe thing to do oh i just every i think you already know what i'm gonna say i just love the fact how hangman is brawling with swerve and the bcc is like helping him and i'm like are we just gonna forget that the elite and bcc were like in a blood feud for months i know i know that's yeah, listen, that's wrestling for you, right? Like they, listen, they think I'll, listen I'm not complaining about it, but it's just it's just funny to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's 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 like we we have like a short attention span where we can't like you know uh, remember things or like you know like it's just so it's so funny. But yeah, that's that's very WWE esque, and even in general, man, like AEW loves their brawls like that. Yeah. to end the show, you know mm-hmm. they they've done it before in the past, and I didn't mind it here in this scenario. But, no, 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 the brawl was I, fine. Definitely, the brawl was it fine. definitely did feel though like it took away from like Edge winning though, you know, like oh yeah, else after yeah, that, like overshadowed it, which oh, was yeah. kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so I want to continue the Edge talk, but I want to kind of blend it in with some of the stuff that happened yesterday and then last week. So I did not see this coming. But Ricky Starks and Big Bill defeated FTR for the AEW Tag Championships, okay? And this collision was happening at the same time as Fastlane, okay? And I did not see that coming. They completely squashed FTR. Would this be the way I wanted FTR's reign to end? No, I want to have booked it this way. With all that being said, I don't necessarily hate this. One, I'm a big Ricky Starks fan, and I'm, and I love the fact that he's holding gold. Am I the biggest Big Bill, you know, Big Cass fan? No, but I do respect him just the the come up that he's been on. You know, he he was on the verge of death after WWE. Like, 
I was at a House of Glo- uh, House of Glory, House of Hardcore show where Big Cass was at. That was the same event that he passed out and he almost died. Okay, mm-hmm. um, I was there and he was in terrible shape. And just to see the transition he's had, where he got in phenomenal shape and you know with the DDT stuff and then you know just therapy overall and just um. I guess being awareness of his mental health and then getting in phenomenal shape and then making his return to the ring. He had a really cool run and impact. And then he shows up in AEW and now to be a tag team champion, with Ricky Starks. And it's crazy to say this, but like all the years that we've known big cast, this is his first championship win in his career. So am I the biggest big cast fan? No, but I do respect the guy and I'm happy for him to finally have this moment. But ultimately I'm just happy for Ricky Starks because he deserves it. So they dethrone FTR. Fast forward to Collision. You know, we get this segment where it was just like a mixed bag full of shit, okay? You see um, Edge come out, and then he gets, he, you know, he gets interrupted by Christian with Nick Wayne and Luchasaurus and just a mob of security. Then Ricky Starks and Big Bill show up. No, I think it was like Brian that shows up, and then Big Bill and Ricky Starks showed up. Then FTR shows up. And then I don't know what happened between Ricky Starks and, and Edge, but... I don't know if there was some heat there or Ricky Stark said something to piss Edge off, but he Edge then just goes, calls him like you're just a a rock ripoff, a fucking man, man, a vanilla midget of the rock. I'm like, what the fuck is happening here, man? I don't know what happened there. I don't know if that was a shoot or this was planned out, but Edge seemed hot, <laughs> so I don't know what happened there. But then ultimately we get this match between Christian and Brian at the main event, which I thought the match was fantastic. And my biggest takeaway from that was, man, Christian Cage and Brian Danielson, two guys that were written off in WWE at one point because we didn't know if they were going to ever wrestle again, are now in 2023 putting on a main event classic on a Saturday night uh, AW show. Holy shit. That's just nuts how the, the wrestling world like just moves in many ways. Like I, You would have never thought that, especially Christian. Yeah, Christian's doing uh, some of the best work he's ever done, and it's it's crazy to see. I mean, nobody expected this in the year 2023 for sure. Um, but yeah, listen, like as far as the tag team title switch goes, I was pretty shocked when I saw this. Yeah, me I mean, you know, especially because we were talking last week about the Young Bucks against FTR at the Forum and at Full Gear, and how we didn't really necessarily want to see that match. Um, so you know, like I guess this is kind of cool, but now I'm like wondering, like. Like, how is that match going to go, yeah. right? Like, is it going to be Young Bucks versus Ricky and Big Bill? Or is, are they going to drop the belts sometime before Full Gear? I don't know where it's going. But, yeah, I mean, like you said, great to see, um, you know, um, Big Bill, you know, just the complete transformation yes. that he did from how he was so into drugs, almost died, had that seizure at that, you know, show, and and just completely turned his life around. He's in amazing shape. He's engaged. He's just a whole new person. And to oh, see yeah. him succeed like that. It's great to see. And, of course, Ricky finally winning a, a championship in AEW is also great. As far as FTR goes, I mean, I think one of them is injured, right? Is, is that why? That was a rumor. Watched? The rumor was that Cash Wheeler was hurt. He had, like, some type of rich situation going. But then there was other reports coming out saying, like, no, this whole thing was an FTR decision. They wanted to drop the titles this way, and this is going to lead to a bigger plan, I guess. I don't know what that means, but... So there's like mixed reports about that. Yeah, I mean that's uh, yeah, I mean I hey, I don't know. Listen, if there was their decision, I can't really argue against it. I mean, 
FTR for a while now, I felt like they didn't really need the belts, you know, like it was kind of getting stale, their, their tag title run. Um, so I don't hate them dropping the belts. I just did not expect it to be to Ricky and right. Big Bill. But, hey, whatever. It's two new guys. It plays into the story. I'm here for it. Um, and, you know, obviously I want to see Ricky Starks ascend to the top. So maybe this is his way of doing that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the Edge and Christian stuff, too, just continues to be great. Mm-hmm. I'm really wondering where, like, are they going to hold off on Edge versus Christian? Like, they're, obviously, I wouldn't rush it for full gear, right? Like, in, in a couple of weeks. Like, I feel like I would build this. You could probably build this until, like, double or nothing next year, honestly. Um, it, it really depends what the uh, – it depends what story they want to tell. But I also – I was actually having this discussion with my cousin because he was picking my brain on, like, what I thought about like the Christian and Edge um program that we're in. I'm like, it could lead to a series of matches and it doesn't necessarily have to be one on one matches. It could be, you know, with like Luchasaurus and Nick Wayne are involved. It could lead to like a six man tag at first and then it could be like maybe a tag match where Edge gets a partner and then Christian gets a partner and then ultimately it could finally lead off to a singles match. Cause I think this eventually is gonna lead to after they're done with the feud, it's going to re- lead to a reconciliation between both guys, right? Yeah. So part of me kind of feels like, can you stretch all this out to all in next year and have the blow off there? And then finally giving those two that moment at all in in front of that that large crowd? I feel like they could do that if they really, really wanted to. Because you could keep telling the story with little breaks in between if you really want to. Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't I don't see why they can't. AEW has proven that they're they could do long-term storytelling. And listen, I think if you want to tell the story right, mm-hmm. it's gotta be that slow burn. And yep. I, I think they could easily drag it to that, man. I, I really, really believe that. I mean, you can even have like uh you know, you can even have Edge and, and Christian be away from each other and yeah, do their own yeah. thing for a little bit. In between. And then absolutely you know, Christian could be seeing Edge have success, right? Or more success than he's had, right? You can have like and then you just have Christian get jealous and then just interfere with some random feud that edges in. And, like, boom, there you go. The story is right back on track. Like, I don't know. There's different ways that they can do this. And I don't see why they wouldn't be able to stretch it till next year. Again, why rush, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Tell some, the story the right way. Yeah, so some good stuff on AEW, specifically like the Edge and Christian stuff. But, all right, let's wrap up, man. We're going to have one last topic to talk about. And it might be a long conversation. It might not be a long conversation. We're going to talk about our favorite thing to talk about on every single fucking episode. And what do you think that is, Ryan? Oh, boy. I don't, I don't know. Do I want to know? We're going to talk about CM Punk. Oh, great. <laughs> Here we I, go. I, I think I am less happy about talking about CM Punk than I am about Ring of Honor. All right. So we finally got some more reports coming out this week that allegedly there's no interest in the WWE right now to bring CM Punk at the moment. Regardless, some of the trolling that we got from certain um, specific individuals in WWE programming, whether it's Corey Graves or Seth Rollins or even Nakamura at this point. Originally, it was reported that there's been talks. And now, I, I think it was Fightful that debunked all this shit. I think Meltzer said that, that, that something's going to happen. And now Fightful's debunking all that stuff, saying like CM Punk did send out some feelers, but WWE hasn't really, you know, like latched onto anything. That still doesn't change my opinion about CM Punk ultimately making a return to WWE. I still think that's going to happen at some point. Now, whether that happens to Survivor Series or the Royal Rumble, that I'm not so sure about. And that's about it. 
when it comes to the reports, like, listen, Nick Houseman's been fucking quiet because this guy went out of his way saying, like, no, it's going to happen. He's going to make his returns to WWE. And since Fightful debunked those rumors, the man's been fucking quiet. So Yeah, he's going he's gonna to return. I mean, I don't buy any of this stuff going on. I mean, listen, maybe there hasn't been talks up until this point, and they're putting it to rest right now. Right. Maybe he doesn't fit into their plans right now. Um, you know, Survivor Series is coming up. It seems a little quick. Maybe they don't have instant creative for him. They got their own storylines going on. I know it's in Chicago, but listen, not everything needs to be about Chicago, right? right? Like, CM Punk doesn't need to freaking debut every single time in Chicago, right? Like, there's other places that he could debut, specifically the Royal Rumble. And I think that's more of a possibility than Survivor Series because, let's be honest, the reports coming out, there's no interest from WWE is a bunch of bull, in my opinion. I'm No interest. Give me a freaking break. CM Punk is not going to be able to get away with any of the stuff he got away with in AEW, okay, in WWE. They run a tighter ship. Yep. He knows better. Um, I don't really think they're going to, you know, they're not going to tolerate fighting in the locker room. I don't think, and this is, again, not really a knock at the AEW roster, but, like, the WWE roster I feel like is more mature. It's full of a lot more veterans and locker room leaders and guys and girls who have been in the industry before. And these guys and girls, even like the the younger talent that is in WWE, they're not going to want to step on anybody's feet back there. So they're not going to take shots at CM Punk in promos or go off the script or go into business for themselves. I don't think any of that's going to happen back there. And, you know, CM Punk being back there over the summer – making amends with people backstage. The fact that he even got backstage when he did a couple of months ago, I was stunned to hear about. I feel like that tells me a lot about how things have possibly changed and how the relationship between WWE and CM Punk has changed. That I just think it's it's going to happen. Like, it's just going to happen at some point. And uh, like I said, I don't buy anything that's going on right now where it's like, oh, the talks are dead, talks are dead. Yeah, maybe there hasn't been some serious steam, but eventually going into WrestleMania season, I think that steam's going to pick up again. So, yeah, I mean, that's really all the thoughts I have on as well. I mean, let's see, like when he, when, I'm going to say when, not if, Mm -hmm. when he does sign, then we'll get into what our thoughts are with him coming back and everything. I don't really want to get into that now when when it's not even, it's clearly not a thought at the moment right now for WWE and CM Punk. So I, I do think he will be back though. Yeah, me too. All right, bro. That's it, man. We covered everything we needed to cover. Look at that. Look at that. Look See? at that. Look at that. All right, Ryan. Give me your plugs, man. All right. At Lucha Outsiders on Twitter. Uh, like I mentioned before, I've kind of just been straying away from Twitter. Haven't really been tweeting that much. If there's something big that goes down, you know, maybe I'll pop up on there and uh, give my thoughts or, you know, interact with some people on there. But as far as the, the old Twitter machine goes, I don't know, man. My straight shooter nickname is uh, might be retired. I haven't really been living up to it recently, but hey, go follow it anyways at Lucha Outsiders. Uh, it would be much appreciated. Nah, it's so funny you mentioned that too because um, when I was uh talking to the group chat about you know like just calling people out like the the fucking Steve Paul jerk off whatever, I was like, yeah, I've been feeling like a certain type of way about the wrestling bubble. Iridian, I don't know why I already thought this at first. But Iridian was like, I thought you were going to tell us some bad news. Like, you're going to just give up podcasting or something. I'm like, no, yeah. no, no. Like, are we going to continue doing the podcast on a weekly basis? I mean, we're going to do it when we can, right? Like, I would love to pump out contact every single week. But 
listen, we have busy lives and listen, this is my baby. So like, I feel like even, even with our posts, right? Like on, on the IG, it's been very like minimal compared to how it used to be because it's just with work and just everything and personal life and stuff like that. So like, I just don't have the time to always constantly put out my, my thoughts or like news. I just can't do it all the time. So, but I, I'm not going to just give it up. I feel like, you know, as long as I can, there's always still going to be like some type of Lucha Outsiders content, you know, whether it's yeah. uh, every two weeks uh, or, you know, we'll try to do every week. But if it's like every two weeks, you know, uh, putting out a show and, you know, like the IG page or like our social media pages are never going to just die. You know, it's just it's no, kind of as like, far a as like as far as the podcast goes too, like there's some times where it's like things aren't really happening, right? So, like, mm-hmm. all the stuff we just covered right now, like, if nothing really goes on this week on any of the shows or anything outside of the ring, you know, any major news, it's like, yeah, I mean, I'm, I, we should do be able to do a show next week. But, like, my point is, is, like, if we weren't able to and there's nothing really going on, well, like, you know, like, what do you want to hear from us, you know? Like, if there's nothing big, like, what are we going to – I'm sure we could fill two hours. I mean, I'm sure me and you could do it on the fly, right. no problem. But, like, point being is, like, you know, I kind of like meeting up every now and then to like, all right, now let's discuss everything all right. jam-packed into one episode, you know? So, right. like I said, when we can, we'll pump it, pump the stuff out. But, hey, you're doing a great job with the Instagram, man. I, I still see the posts. Like, yeah. you know, you, we're doing the best we can with our busy lives. 1,000%. All right. You can follow us at Lucha Outsiders everywhere, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, the Threads gimmick. If I, listen, I haven't I haven't clicked on threads. I say this almost every week, every time we do a show. I have not. I get notifications on the threads, but I never click on it. I just, like, remove it from my phone. <laughs> threads, yeah. Oh, my God. I forget <laughs> that thing even exists. Oh, my God. Grand opening, grand closing. Uh, I'm not going to tell you where you can find the show because if you're listening to this right now, you know where to find it. Uh, I want to say next Sunday we'll do a show. I want to say Leo will make his return, but that is to be determined. So till then, for the old man Leo that's not here for our Double Ryan Radar, I am yours truly, Mr. Radar. Till next time, keep a radar. And stay too sweet. Goodbye. And good night, Ben. <laughs>